0: Welcome to Expresso Crime, a podcast all about crimes, short enough to listen to while you enjoy your cup of coffee. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of Expresso Crime. Today's episode is all about the timeline and background of Edmund Kinkler. We'll get started right away on this uh, episode. So he was born on December 18th, 1948, and he was the middle child and only son. At the age of nine, in 1957, his parents separated, and then he was raised by his mother. This was devastating for him as he was very close with his father. As a young boy, he would sneak out of his house with a knife and watch his teacher through her window. The next year, as a 10-year-old, he buried a pet cat alive, and once it died, he dug it up, decapitated it, and mounted its head on a spike. Kemper later said he found great pleasure from successfully lying to his family about killing the cat. His favorite childhood games were games he made up called Gas Chamber and Electric Chair, where he would have his younger sister tie him up and then she would flip an imaginary switch in which he would tumble over onto the floor where he would pretend he was being executed by gas inhalation or electric shock. He also had close-to-death experiences as a child, once when his older sister tried to push him in front of a train and another when she successfully pushed him into the deep end of a pool where he had almost drowned. At the age of 13, he killed another family cat when he perceived it as favoring his younger sister. He kept pieces of, of the cat in his closet until his mother found it. His mother and him had a very strained and dysfunctional relationship. She abused him and often made him sleep in a locked basement because she was afraid he would harm her, his sisters. At the age of 14, he ran away from home in an attempt to reconcile with his father. When he got there, he discovered his father had remarried and now had a stepson. Kemper stayed only for a short while until his father sent him to live with his grandparents. The next year, as a 15-year-old, Kemper became a murderer. He was sitting at the kitchen table with his grandmother when they were having an argument. He stormed off and grabbed his rifle. He came back in the kitchen and fatally shot her in the head and then shot her two more times in the back. When his grandfather came home Kemper went outside and fatally shot him in the driveway. He didn't know what to do next so he called his mother who told him to contact the police. Kemper did and waited to be taken into custody. After his arrest he explained that he shot his grandmother because he wondered what it would be like and testified that he killed his grandfather so he wouldn't find out his wife was killed or be angry with Kemper. A psychiatrist said Kemper's crimes were deemed incomprehensible for a 15 year old to commit. Court psychiatrists diagnosed him as a paranoid psychophrenic and then sent him to a state hospital, a max security facility that houses mentally ill convicts. At the state hospital Psychiatrists and social workers disagreed with the court psychiatrists. Their report stated that Kemper had no flight of ideas, no interference with thought, no expression of delusion or hallucinations or evidence of bizarre thinking. They observed him to be intelligent and introspective. Initial testing there measured his IQ at 136, which is more than two standard deviations over the average person. He was re-diagnosed with a less severe condition, a personality trait disturbance, passive-aggressive type. While there, he was given another IQ test, this time scoring a result of 145. He was a model prisoner at the state hospital and even trained to administer psychiatric tests to other inmates, along with developing new tests and scales. While there, it was said he was a good worker and took pride in it. This isn't typical of a sociopath. On December 18, 1969, on his 21st birthday, he was released on parole. Against the recommendations of the hospital psychiatrist, he was released into the care of his mother. On November 29th, the next year, his juvenile records were permanently expunged. While staying with his mother, he went to community college and hoped to become a police officer, though he was rejected due to his height. He then started working at the State of California Division of Highway, During this time, he continued to live with his mom and had a very toxic relationship. Though while working, he continued to save money and was able to move out and into an apartment with a friend. He still felt like he couldn't get away from her though, as she would often call and surprise visit. Later on, he ended up moving back in with his mother as he had financial troubles. Kemper ended up getting hit by a car while riding a motorcycle. He received $15,000 due to it which would now be about $90,000 when adjusted for inflation. With some of the money, he bought a car and started to notice hitchhikers when he was driving. He then started to store plastic bags, knives, blankets, and handcuffs in his car. He would then pick up women and peacefully let them go. He picked up approximately 150 women before he started to get homicidal sexual urges. In May of 1972, he killed two 18-year-old females. Later that year, in September, he killed a 15-year-old female as well. In 1973, he got engaged to a high school student and killed three college females that year. He would pick up women in isolated areas, shoot, stab, or strangle them. Then he would take the body home, and once there, he would decapitate them, have oral sex, and engage in sex with the body, and then dismember them. He confessed to slicing up the victim's legs and putting them in casseroles to eat. In 1973, he killed his mother and her best friend. Following the killing, he drove a 1,000 miles with three guns and hundreds of rounds of ammo. While on the drive, he believed he was the target of the Manhattan. He said he killed his mom's best friend to create a cover story that the two went on vacation. Though while driving he listened to the radio and when he didn't hear anything regarding the killing he found a phone booth to make a call. He called the police in to confess but the police didn't take him seriously and told him to call back later. Several hours later he called again though this time he asked to speak with an officer he knew. He confessed again and waited for them to come. Once arrested, he confessed to killing the other six victims. Following the arrest, the engagement was broken off and the parents of the fiancé asked for her name to be kept private. When asked why he confessed, he said the original purpose was gone. It wasn't serving any physical or real emotional purpose. It was a pure waste of time. On May 7, 1973, he was indicted on eight counts of first-degree murder. While in custody, he tried to commit suicide twice. Three court-appointed psychiatrists found Kemper to be legally sane and his trial went ahead on October 23, 1973. Kemper asked for the death penalty and requested death by torture. He received seven years to life for each count, with those terms to be served concurrently and was and was sentenced to the California Medical Facility. He was in prison with Herbert Millian and Charles Manson. He did not like Herbert Millian at all and would manipulate him. We will definitely be doing a deep dive on Mullion next week. In 1979, 1980, 1981, and in 1982, he was denied parole. In 1982 and 1984, he appeared in murder documents. In 1988, he was denied parole and said, Society is not ready in any shape or form for me. I can't fault them for that. In 1991, he was denied parole again and appeared in an interview as well saying he does these to save others like himself from killing. In 1994 he was denied parole and in 1997 and 2002 he waived his rights to parole. In 2007 he was denied parole again and the prosecutor said we don't care how much of a model prisoner he is because of the enormity of his crimes. In 2015 after a stroke he had to stop his prison jobs and in 2016, he received his first prison violation for a failure to provide a urine sample. In 2017, he was denied parole and is next eligible in 2024. That wraps up the background and timeline of Edmund Kemper. Join Ollie and I Sunday for another episode of Expresso Crime. Thanks for listening.